So we are continuing in our look at uh, marriage matters. Um, and uh, a lot of this uh, has come from a, a great study that I did through uh, Tim Keller and uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, pastors and speakers. But, um, uh, but it comes straight through the study of Ephesians chapter 5 and and uh, so let's um, uh, pick up our text and, and read um, uh, what we have been using as our uh, springboard in each one of these principles that um, uh, God has shown us about marriage. We pick it up in Ephesians chapter 5, and we start with verse 21, uh, which is the key uh, beginning verse. It says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself, and no one hated his own flesh but nourished it and cherished it, just as Christ does the church." because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast or cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we see in this part of scripture that he sets out the importance and the profoundness of marriage. Um, that marriage matters more than we think. It's not just about relationships working. It's not just uh, about even uh, a societal family unit uh, that makes everything work. But it says that this mystery is profound uh, because it refers to Christ and the church. Uh, marriage is very closely connected, and it was created by God uh, to be a reflection of what salvation and redemption and relationship with our God is meant to look like. And it prepares us for that, and it brings us into that. And so it is a much deeper thing than just a relationship between a man and a woman. Um, we, we are looking at six different um, uh, aspects that this part of Scripture brings out. Um, today we're going to be looking at the third one, but just a, a real quick recap. First of all, the very first uh, principle that we see is the source of marriage. The source of marriage is not love. It is not just this, this sweet feeling that we feel inside that just draws us to that person that we just connect to. Um, 
that is not the source of marriage. The source of marriage is the filling of the Holy Spirit. And when we are filled with the Spirit, uh, it says when we have that filling, he gives us the capacity to submit to one another. That as God brings us together um, and he brings that person into our life, um, it, it is a, uh, a path that God brings to us. Uh, he allows us to submit to one another. So the source of marriage is a submission to one another uh, through the Holy Spirit. And it is that submission to one another that destroys the main enemy of marriage, which is self-centeredness. Uh, so one of the things that marriage is meant to do, it is meant to deal with our own self-centeredness. Um, we're going to get to the purpose of marriage uh, next week, one of the next two weeks. Um, but the source of the Holy Spirit bringing us together um, uh, gives us the ability to create a marriage that lasts, that works, that becomes beautiful. It's not something we can do in ourselves because we are self-centered. But when we seek the Holy Spirit, when we let the Holy Spirit fill us and empower us, we are able to submit to one another. And it's all about submission. It's about serving one another. Um, and, and so that is the source. That is what the marriage is uh, made of. It, it, it can only come out of a true filling of the Holy Spirit. The second thing we looked at last week was the definition of marriage. So what is this thing that the Holy Spirit uses um, to accomplish this? And we talked about it, that it is a covenant. Um, marriage is not just a, uh, uh, a feel-good uh, connection with someone else. Um, it is not about love that uh, makes us feel warm and fuzzy, but it is simply an agreement, a covenant, which is a commitment to another person. Um, uh, so therefore, a marriage can be strong and beautiful and accomplish great things in a person's life without there ever being what we would call romantic love um, because that's really not the focus of it. Now, we did talk about that, that God cares about us and he will bring that that feeling of love to us, uh, but it comes after the choice to commit. Love is an action. It is not a feeling. And we talked about that last week, that it is when we choose to commit to this other person, no matter what they are doing, no matter how they respond, I choose to love them. Uh, and when I choose uh, to uh, come into that covenant, then the feelings will follow the actions, but it has to be a commitment that is binding, uh, that is public, and that is legal. In other words, it is something that uh, we enter into understanding that it cannot be separated. Um, and so we have to understand that that is uh, what marriage is because there's going to come a time when the feelings are not there. And so if we think that the feelings are the basis of the marriage, then when they're not there, then it's easy for us to say, well, I, we're done with this. We don't need this marriage. And, and that's not the definition of marriage. The definition of marriage is a commitment. It is a covenant uh, through good times, through bad times. 
It's not about now, it's about the future. Um, and it is about um, uh, choosing to love uh, even when we do not feel loved um, or when we don't feel lovely. And, and so that is the definition. Now, when we have those two foundations, uh, we are filled with the Spirit, uh, desiring to serve another person out of our reverence for Christ. Uh, and we mentioned that that is the source, that the Holy Spirit fills us and we, we serve the other person, not because they deserve it, but because of what God has done for us. So it is out of our reverence for Christ that we submit. And then when we commit ourselves uh, with no way to remove ourselves from that, um, that gives us the foundation for God to then accomplish what he wants to do through marriage. Um, and, and that cannot happen. The fruit cannot be born in our marriage to accomplish all that God wants to without those foundations. Now, we can make it through marriage, and we can survive, and we can actually even enjoy marriage and have a happy time, but it will never bear the fruit that God wants it to bear without those two things. Um, we just simply enter into a negotiation of existence uh, with some moments of enjoyment and pleasure. And that's not what God means. There is a deep purpose that God is wanting to do through this. And we'll get that there in the next couple weeks. But today we want to look at the third principle uh, of marriage. And that is, we've looked at the source of marriage. We've looked at the definition of marriage. Today we want to look at the priority of marriage. And again, these things all build upon each other because if we do not understand the priority of marriage, again, it can begin to waver from the path that God wants uh, for our marriage. Um, and this brings us uh, to the verse uh, that uh, uh, all of this is based upon, that Paul is expounding upon because Paul himself in Ephesians 5 is simply uh, uh, bringing forth what God established in Genesis uh, chapter 2. In the very beginning, when he created, God set out the parameters uh, for marriage. And of course, um, it, is, it, it says that it is for this purpose that a man will leave his wife, leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And so last week we talked about the definition is that commitment. It's the covenant, which that is the cleaving. Um, we, we cleave to one another. We become glued to one another. Um, uh, that cannot be pulled apart. Well, today we want to look at this uh, uh, priority, which it says before we cleave to one another, we must leave. Um, and, and so uh, we must leave other things in our life to enter into this marriage. Um, we need to understand that, that marriage is not just a covenant with another person, but it is a leaving, it is a choice to put other things in our life behind us. Now, when it says that they are to leave their father and mother, um, it, it means much more than just moving out of the house, okay? You're, you've grown up, uh, you're getting married, you need to move out and, and uh, start your own family. It's more than that. And Many times we as Americans or Western civilization uh, uh, society, we don't understand the fullness of it. But in the uh, uh, Asian uh, or Near Eastern uh, uh, 
societies, and especially uh, in the Hebrew societies at that time, um, the family unit uh, was much more than just where you grew up. Uh, the family unit, your father, your mother, even the extended family, your uncles and aunts, and um, they were the source of your identity. Uh, they were the source of, of your uh, honor and your pleasure. Um, uh, you found a sense of fulfillment in connecting uh, to your family. But yet here, uh, and this would have been a much more shocking statement uh, to people in that uh, uh, day and age. And so we need to understand it in the way that it was meant. He's saying when you have to leave your father and your mother, that is a drastic choice. That is meaning you are, you are leaving what is most important to you. And so when it says you must leave your family and cleave to your wife or your husband, um, it is saying you are choosing to put everything else that was important to you behind you. Um, so it is saying you must understand that once you enter into that marriage and you have already entered into those vows, um, like it or not, that relationship must now become the primary focus of your whole life. There is no exceptions. So when he says, leave your father and mother, he is talking about a complete uh, reordering of your values, that your marriage now becomes the primary focus of your life. Now, you might say, man, how does that become more important than, than uh, uh, existing, making a living, providing? Yes, because the marriage, again, remember we, we've said this, the marriage is a very deep reflection of this relationship between us and God, between Christ and the church. And so when he says this about the marriage, the reason he says that about the marriage is because it's the same when we come to Christ. We cannot come to Christ half-heartedly. It must be a full surrender that Christ must become the number one focus of our life. And so it's the same thing in our marriage. Our marriage is the reflection of our relationship with Christ. So as a Christian, my dedication to Christ is reflected in my dedication to my marriage. So many people say, well, you can't put your marriage ahead of God. There's no way because the way marriage is created by God, it is your relationship with God. And so they are almost one in the same, uh, that as you... Um, seek to honor God, uh, you cannot do that without putting your spouse as absolutely the number one. Uh, they become that same place. Uh, even though God, yes, is number one in your life, but God cannot be number one in your life without your marriage being the top priority in your life. And, and so there's a juxtaposition where they go hand in hand. Um, and, and yet I've seen so many people, I've seen people say, well, well, I have to put God above my, my, my wife. I'm going to tell you the best way that you serve God is by loving your wife. So you cannot um, uh, uh, let um, uh, your wife become uh, unimportant. Now, we do not worship our wife. 
Um, but it is, remember, it goes back to the very first statement that we come into marriage. The source of marriage is out of reverence for Christ. We submit to one another. Okay, so, uh, so understand how this works. Um, it becomes primary. Um, we see this in verse 28 where he says, he says, just as you love your body, you must love your spouse. Your marriage has to be almost as important as your very self. Um, and, and so therefore, um, uh, it cannot find itself behind anything else in your life. Um, it's kind of like um, uh, a principle, and he, he talks about loving your body, and he says no one um, does not take care of his body if he loves his, himself, but he will take care of himself. And, and yet many times we don't. Um, how many know we know people that have put their career ahead of their health and uh, we, they have put pleasures in front of their health to take care of themselves? If you um, uh, put anything else ahead of taking care of yourself, how many know you end up losing both things? Uh, those people that put their career ahead of their health end up losing both. Uh, because you, you, you lose your health, you lose everything else. Um, and it's the same thing. Just as we love our body, we are to love our spouse. In other words, if we put other things ahead of our marriage, you're going to end up losing both. Um, you cannot um, uh, put your marriage second and think that you will succeed in other things. Uh, this is just a principle. Your marriage must be first. So you must leave everything else and cleave to your wife, to your husband. They must become the primary uh, place. You see, there is, there's something about the marriage relationship that it sets the course of life. Um, it, we, we've said this a, a couple weeks ago. If everything around you is falling apart, and it is weak and you're struggling, but yet your marriage is strong, then you go forward in life with strength because that, that strength of your marriage will get you through all those other things. But yet if in your life everything is strong and doing great and you are, you are uh, achieving things, but yet your marriage is weak, I'm telling you, you go forward in your life in weakness. No matter how great everything is on the outside, if, if, your marriage is not in the right place, you will eventually fail in everything else. There is weakness there. And so um, uh, this is a principle uh, that God realizes uh, that we must put everything behind the importance of our marriage. Um, uh, so what, what do we put in front of our marriage many times? Um, and and I, I know it, it talks about our, our mother and our father, and we're going to get there in a second. But there are other things that we need to leave. First of all, we mentioned it. Our career cannot come before our spouse. Uh, you cannot love your job. And even though you are working to provide for your family, that cannot become your source of fulfillment. That cannot become your identity. That cannot become where you feel uh, uh, more uh, alive than anywhere else, um, or otherwise, if it comes before your family, again, you are laying the, the, the groundwork to fail. Um, uh, your, your marriage relationship must come before 
your career. Um, here's another one, your children. Uh, your marriage must come before your children. You cannot receive your purpose, your identity, your love, your achievements through your children. If your children are giving you the sense of achievement and you're living through them uh, rather than your spouse, then I'm telling you, it is a cancer that is eating away and, and sooner or later, your life is going to be broken uh, by this misaligned value. Um, your children will also be broken by that because the principles, these are biblical principles, and there's a reason why God puts these certain uh, order of priorities because he knows how things work. And the thing about biblical principles that that when you break a biblical principle, sooner or later, it will break you. Uh, maybe not at first, but I'm telling you, eventually it will break you because if you put your kids first, that will undermine your marriage and eventually it will destroy your marriage. And if your marriage is destroyed, like we said, then, then there is a domino effect that the rest of your life and your influence and the things that God wanted to accomplish, they are destroyed. And so there was no good um, in putting your children ahead of you. Um, and, and it does not build your children up because then they are not uh, uh, prepared in the way uh, that the Lord has showed us um, uh, of our priority. Um, so we need to be very careful that we are not putting our children above our marriage. Our marriage must come first. Now, yes, we need to love our children, but we love our children out of a strong, committed marriage. And we love our spouse in such a way that our children see that. And when our children see that we are committed to our spouse, I'm telling you, they will be stronger people. They will have more confidence and be able to go forward in life uh, with a better foundation uh, than if we find our love from our children. Um, it's not only our own children, but today I know that there are many of us that we are in second marriages. There's some of you that have step families. We've come together in a blended family, and that's just the way of life today. Um, and, and we're not here to talk about how you got that way, but you're in a marriage right now. You cannot allow your adult, adult children from a previous marriage to come in uh, to play against your current marriage. Uh, if you uh, have any um, uh, higher priority to your adult children, um, than your current spouse. Uh, you need to repent of that, and your marriage must come first um, uh, for the, that very purpose that um, uh, our relationship with God is reflected in our marriage relationship. And um, uh, just as God says that thou shalt not commit adultery, see, many people think that adultery it only happens when we have an affair with another person. And that is not true. Many times we are committing adultery against our spouse with our children or with uh, other parts of our family because we are valuing them over our spouse. And that is what adultery is. It is unfaithfulness. It is simply saying that I have something of greater value than my marriage partner. And when you do that, you have broken your marriage vows. Um, now, of course, that's the negative side, but I want to emphasize 
the positive side that when you do stay faithful, when you make your marriage a priority, I'm going to tell you there becomes fruit, there becomes blessing. And so when you choose uh, to leave those other things, and by leaving them, I don't mean neglecting them, but you put them behind your marriage, you lower them in your priority, then I'm telling you they will flourish. They will find the blessing of God uh, out of that choice of priority. Here's another thing, friends. Other friends outside the marriage cannot come above your marriage. Um, and finally, of course, your father and mother. But now when it says you must leave your father and mother, I want to talk about that because it goes a little bit deeper than many times how we take it. Of course, there's the obvious uh, thing where we all know people that are married and yet they are still financially um, uh, dependent on their parents. And, and that does not help the marriage. That, that always is going to cause problems when you're depending on one of the other family members. Uh, we all know people that are emotionally dependent on their mom or their dad. And this is not just the wife. It can be a husband that, that is still emotionally dependent on what their mom thinks of them um, or, or their dad. Um, if either one of them uh, in your marriage, uh, when they always want to find out, if you can't make a decision without finding out if, if the rest of your family is going to agree, uh, then you have a problem. Okay, so your family, those things are the obvious things that you have to leave that. Um, you cannot be dependent on your mom or your dad or your extended family anymore when you're married. Um, uh, now, it doesn't mean that you can't lean on them. We get advice and, and they are still our marriage, but they cannot be the source of uh, dependence uh, in our life. But here's something even deeper. Um, uh, when it says you need to leave your father and your mother, you know what we really need to leave? Most of us, uh, we don't have a problem. We, we, we are out of the house. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're, hopefully we're dealing with not being dependent, always having to call my mom and dad or get their okay. Um, but you know what many times we do struggle with? The patterns that we were raised in. Because if we are to leave our father and mother, we need to leave the patterns of our previous family. Um, what happens is uh, we let those patterns uh, control us in our marriage when marriage is meant to be a fresh start. It is a new uh, uh, existence. It says that when we come together, we become one flesh. But that one flesh is not the addition of two separate entities, which is why many times in a marriage ceremony, you have the individual candles and you light the one unity candle. Um, and that is to say that no longer are we two separate candles, but we are now one flesh. And it's a new candle. Um, it is not just a combination of the old. Um, and, and so it is very similar that when we come to Christ, we are a new creature. God has made us new. It says the old things have passed away. And if we are to live in Christ, then we have got to make all things become new. We cannot continue in our old patterns. It's the same in a marriage. You cannot continue to live in the old patterns. Here's an example. Um, in one family, um, uh, the way they did life uh, is that maybe the mother uh, did not work or, or 
um, they are the ones that took care of the kids and uh, they took care of the kids and changed the diapers because they, they loved uh, her husband. Uh, she loved her husband and that was how she showed her love. And, and her husband worked hard and he came home and she uh, took care of those things and that was a, a, a communication of love uh, for one another that he uh, communicated his love uh, through providing and she communicated by taking care of those. Um, maybe in another family, uh, let's say, uh, that uh, it was a shared uh, thing, that the, the father um, would take care of uh, the children, that he would change the diapers, and, and the mom would, would um, uh, do things and maybe even work um, in other ways. And, and so it was expected, and that is how they showed love for each other. Now, both of those families, neither one is wrong. Okay, and we're going to get this when we look at the structure of family. There's different structures, and neither one is wrong. But let's say you take um, uh, the son that came out of the traditional uh, uh, structure and was married to a uh, uh, a daughter who came out of that shared uh, work structure, and you put them together, and they are now married, and they have children, um, and the the husband comes home. Uh, from a long day work and and smells something and is like dear uh, something's wrong with the child you need to take take her in there and, and change the diaper or something and the mother comes out and says okay you know what I'm busy doing the uh, the dinner right now I'm making dinner for you so could you just take care of that thanks a lot and 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 um, uh, then dinner will be done in just a little bit now both of them, um, are responding not in uh, uh, anger or any problem, and yet all of a sudden there becomes a problem. Because to him, when she says, hey, can you take care of that? You know what he's, he's thinking? He's hearing, I don't love you. You need to do it yourself. Uh, I don't respect you enough to do that, so you take care of it. And what she is hearing when he says, hey, you need to stop what you're doing and take care, she hears, I don't love you. You can do it. I don't need to help you. And so we understand that these patterns, um, and there's lots of different examples of those patterns. If we do not take time to understand the, the underlying patterns that are in our life and be willing to leave them, we cannot just say, well, that's how it's done in my family. Well, I'm sorry, you're not in your family anymore. And she might say, well, this is how we do it. And this is just how it's done. Well, I'm sorry. That's not how it's done here. And so there needs to be a leaving of the old patterns. And there has to be a creation of a new pattern. You have to now create your own patterns. And it's not just in, in raising kids. It's in all different areas. It's how we communicate to one another. It's how we show love to one another. Um, what has messed up so many marriages is because they don't realize that they are be, being controlled by the patterns of their mother and their father that they have not left. So I want to encourage you that we must not define our marriage by what we are used to. We have to be willing to step out of the boat in a very uncomfortable way and learn to create new patterns. You are now a new flesh. And so we have got to begin to leave those patterns 
And we've got to hear what the other person is saying. Um, but not only in the positive ways. Here's some other way, another way that patterns are dangerous. There are negative patterns in our life. So many times we get into a relationship and we say this. In my marriage, we will never do this because this is what happened in my life. Well, just as much as you need to not continue the way things were done, you also need to not set yourself upon the negative things that you say, I will never do it this way because this has happened and this happened. Well, you know what? You cannot let a negative experience control your marriage. You are in a new marriage. You are a new uh, unit. And so you need to sit down and say, hey, wait a second. Would this be beneficial in our marriage? I know I said I would never do it, but you know, maybe I need to consider that. If my spouse needs that, then I need to do it. If my kids need that, then we've got to be willing to break from those things that control us. Because remember, it's not about us. It is about submitting to the other. It is about committing to love for them, not for us. And, and so we must break those patterns and leave our father and our mother so that we might cleave to our wife. So we see the priority of marriage. Marriage must be something sacred that we put number one in our life, that we understand we need to work at. We gotta make effort. Um, it's not easy. Um, it is hard sometimes. But some of these things we don't even think about that are going on, and we need to stop and hear each other and say, you know what, I repent of that, I'm sorry. Um, uh, maybe I've just been doing things because I think that's how it's always been done. And we need to care about one another and, and show understanding for one another so that we may create a new marriage. Maybe you've been married for a while and you've never done this. You know what, it's never too late to start anew and begin to create new patterns um, uh, in your life so that your marriage becomes the number one primary focus of your life. And when you do that, and here's the reason, when you make your marriage that primary focus, it allows God to become primary in your life. Because I'm going to tell you, God honors that principle. And when he asks us to make our marriage number one, it opens the doors for him to then lead us, to guide us, to grow us when we follow the principles that he has created. Because this marriage, um, as I mentioned, it is a reflection and it's the establishment of the redemption of Christ. That all things become new. That when we give our marriage priority, we are giving Christ priority. And we give when we give Christ primary focus in our life, then we can never fail. And if we are going to give Christ primary focus in your life, then your spouse must be right there with you because it's about the marriage being one in Christ, not just about you. When you make your marriage uh, honored in Christ, then you will reap the benefits. And again, it will get to where uh, we will be what God wants to use that marriage to do for us. So let me pray that we would sanctify ourselves, that we would leave, that you would ask God, God, show me, is there something that, that I am letting come before my marriage? Maybe it's my own pride. Maybe it's my own ego. Maybe it's my feelings. 
Maybe it's some patterns that I've left in my life. Maybe it is our children. Maybe it's a friend or a career or money. But whatever it is, let's come back to that principle and let's make our marriage number one. And when you do that, I'm telling you, God's blessings and purpose will flow. Doesn't mean that everything is gonna go easy and great, but it'll go the way that God wants it to. And I'm telling you, there's no better way to go than the way God wants. Let me pray with you.